It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Full of Welcome to Blog Talk Radio, Overcoming Life's Obstacles. And you know, if you're like me, we all have obstacles to overcome. And praise the Lord, this, these messages really have come out of God teaching me how to overcome in lots of different situations. So I praise God. You know, Jesus died at Calvary that we might be able to live an overcoming life. So I appreciate you listening in. Uh, I hope you'll listen again every every second and every first and third. I don't know why I get this wrong every time. Every first and third Tuesdays of the month from 6 to 8 p.m. And today is May the 21st, 2019. That's for those of you who might be listening 40 years from now. If the world's still here, <laughs> praise God. Thank the Lord that through Jesus Christ shed blood at Calvary, we can live an overcoming life. Well, I want to pray, and then tonight I have a message. Uh, And, Lord, we just come before your throne, and I ask you, God, in Jesus' name, to allow me to be a tree of life. I pray that rivers of living water will come forth from our innermost being. Lord, you said the teaching of the wise is a tree of life, that one may avoid the snares of death. And so, Father, I just ask tonight that you be glorified. I present my body to you, Lord, as a living sacrifice. I offer up to you my members as instruments of righteousness. Lord, I give you my will that your will might prevail, and I ask you to be glorified. I pray that my lips will be the pen of a ready writer. Father, I pray in Jesus' name that, uh, Lord, that my words will be like goats, like well-driven nails given by you, Lord, the shepherd. I pray, Lord, for signs and wonders to accompany the teaching of your word. Father, I pray that they'll, you'll convict each person of any sin, of things that they've been planted in their heart that needs to go. And, Lord, I thank you that you're a God that uproots every root that you have not planted. Lord, you want to root it up. Thank you, Father, that you tell us to pull down, uproot, and pluck out everything that does not glorify you. 
And so, Father, I just pray for rivers of living water. I pray that you touch the lives of every person who hears this message. I ask you to cover each person who's listening with the blood of Jesus. Uh, Lord, we just bind Satan, principalities, powers, rulers of darkness, wicked spirits in heavenly places. We bind you in the heavenly places and on this earth. We forbid you to work with, communicate with, make contact with anyone on this earth or in the heavenly places to work divination against us in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name, I loose upon each person the truth that sets us free, the conviction of sin, the fear of the Lord, and the spirit of repentance. And, Lord, we bind and break every word of death, word of iniquity, curse, assignment, satanic ritual spoken over this message, over those who listen in. Uh, in the name of Jesus, over Dorothy and her family, in Jesus' name. And, Lord, we pray a special covering of warrior angels over us, over our president, um, to boomerang back over on the enemy, every curse and assignment sent against us, not to hurt, kill them, hurt them, harm them, but so they'll fear God and turn away from evil. But what I want to share is a message that God, uh, in fact, I had this thought the other day when I was in my utility room washing clothes. Didn't sound too spiritual, but it's something that has to be done. And um, I went and sat down, and the Lord just I started speaking into my phone, and the Lord gave this message, and it's called, What Has Been Planted in Your Heart? What have you planted in your heart? What have you allowed to be planted in your heart? The generational iniquities of the, of the forefathers, what's been planted in your heart? And so um, hopefully, by the power of God, God wants to uproot the things that don't belong down in our hearts. Um, things get planted generationally. They get planted through our sin. Uh, they get planted through others sinning against us where we let the sun go down on our anger and where we haven't forgiven them. Proverbs 4 tells us to watch over our heart diligently it goes on to say for out of our heart proceed the issues of life and so how we know what's been planted in the heart is by what we're thinking about what's coming out of our mouth what we're lusting after um just to give you an example if lust is manifesting in your life you know that there's been seeds of lust planted if anger is manifesting in your life you know that's coming out of idolatry if um, depression is coming out of your life you know there's been seeds of that have been planted in your life uh, of depression if you've watched uh, a lot of uh, shoot 'em up movies uh, if there's contention and strife in your life you know that uh, there's been seeds of violence contention strife planted down in your heart perversion lust Anyway, you can know what's in your heart by what comes out your mouth and what comes up into your thought life. Now, it says in Mark 4, Luke 8, and Matthew 13, when in the parable of the sower, the sower goes out and he sows the word of God. And, it, and Jesus explains that parable and says that the seed is the word of God. So if the word of God is seed, any word contrary to the word of God would also be seed. So there's a good seed of God's word and there's bad seeds that get planted and the bad seeds produce bad fruit. Hosea 10 tells us that we're to sow with a view to righteousness and every day we're sowing into other people's lives by the words we speak, the things we do, or we're having other people sow things into our life. And so God tells us to watch over our heart because from the heart flow, the issues of life 
And it tells us in Hosea that we're to sow with a view to righteousness so that we might reap in accordance with kindness. Uh, Leviticus 19.19 says we're not to sow our uh, vineyard with two kinds of seed. And and the Bible says that you're in 1 Corinthians 3.9, you're building your house, your field. We know the Bible says that we're a temple of the Holy Spirit. Mark 4, Luke 8, Matthew 13 says we're, uh, we're soil. Uh, Genesis says we're dirt. Um, the Bible says also that we're trees. Uh, Psalms 1 says, uh, how blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the place of sinners, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And he's like a tree uh, planted along the riverbank. That's the old living, old living Bible translation so we're trees we're soil uh isaiah 5 says we're the vineyard of the lord of hosts so your heart is a spiritual garden and and so things get sown in that garden and you can know what's been sown by looking at the fruit for example if you planted corn you know that it's that there's been a corn seed planted if there's lust or perversion then you know that someplace seeds of perversion and lust have been planted down in your heart. Deuteronomy 22.9 says, You shall not sow your vineyard with two kinds of seed, lest the produce of the seed which you've sown and the increase of the vineyard become defiled. And so basically that's saying, you know, if you've ever had a garden, you don't have to take care of the weeds, but you better take care of the good plants because the weeds will just totally... Uh, overcome the good plants and so the bible is saying that we shouldn't plant the good seed of god's word in our heart we we should plant the good seed of god's word in our heart but then if we're we're planting seeds of perversion seeds of lust seeds of anger seeds of murder it's defiling the good things that have been planted down in our heart and you know you may not like this message but i know deep down in your heart you'll know in your heart of hearts that I'm speaking the truth. And this is not just a message to you. This is a message to me too. And so um, it's the truth. And as a minister of the gospel, I'm obliged to speak words that will change your life. Otherwise, I'm, I'm, I've really defeated the purpose of even being in the ministry. You know, I've always have a problem if you go to church and you don't leave different than you came in a good way, you really haven't heard from God. And so... Uh, a sure sign that you have an antichrist spirit, uh, which really comes in through different things that we expose ourselves to. But, you know, when the when the word of truth goes forth or you try to share someone and you've probably done this or maybe you're a person that has an antichrist spirit, somebody tries to share the truth with you and you say, well, yeah, but I really don't believe that. Well, you know, it doesn't matter what I believe or what you believe. It's God's word that's the plumb line. If God said it, then we need to believe it in our heart, and we need to love the word of God enough that we're willing to align ourselves with the word of God. But this yabat attitude is an antichrist spirit. And the Bible says that what's in your heart is your treasure. Uh, in First Corinthians, uh, oh, I see, I already said that. Matthew, um, Matthew 12 says the good man out of his good treasure brings forth what is good and the evil man out of his evil treasure brings forth evil. Well, we know that believers who love Jesus with their whole heart can speak evil. And so it's coming forth from the treasure, which is another word to describe 
your spiritual garden or your heart. Your heart, your spiritual garden, and your treasure are the one and the same. And you can know what's been planted by what comes out of your mouth or what you're lusting after. You know, we lust after our idols. In James 1.8, it says, don't say when you're tempted that you're tempted by God. For every man is tempted by the lust that's down in his heart. In other words, lust has been planted in his heart. That's why he's being tempted. Matthew fifteen eighteen says, But the things that proceed out of the mouth come from the heart, and those defile the man. For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murders, uh, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, slanders. These are the things which defile a man. And so we learn from these scriptures that our thoughts come out of our heart. And also we learn from that passage that what comes out of our mouth comes from the heart. And this is good things or evil things. Matthew 12 says, by your words you're justified and by your words you're condemned. And so why is this? That your words would condemn you or justify you because your words reveal what's truly down in your heart. And if you're always speaking corruption or negativity, then you've got a corrupted heart that's in need of cleansing and purification. God wants us to have a pure heart, a pure mind, a pure thought. He wants our words to be pure and our thoughts to be pure. Well, if you're like me, we're a work in progress, and it's a progressive thing to get sanctified, which God tells us to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. So as we examine what's down in our heart, we examine what the fruit of what's coming forth and deal with it, and then God wants to deliver us. He wants us to have a pure heart. The scripture says, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. The scripture says in Hebrews, without sanctification or without holiness, no man's going to see the Lord. And so it's a process of healing and deliverance. And, you know, you can be overwhelmed by the things you're hearing, but God doesn't show you everything at once. Whatever the problem is, is pointing you to what he wants to fix in you next. And that's helped me to know that God uses my problems to help me um, fix me, to change me, because he doesn't do it all in one time, one day. We couldn't take it. So if you're always speaking negative negativity, are thinking impure thoughts, your heart's corrupted. And basically all of our hearts in varying degrees have been corrupted by our childhood, by the generational iniquities of the forefathers, by the things we've done, the things that have been done to us. And so the question I want to ask you today is what has been planted down in your heart? And as I said, you know what's been planted by looking at the fruit growing in your spiritual garden. What have we let other people plant in our lives? Uh, What's been planted in our heart by our forefathers? Philippians 4, 8 says, Finally, brethren, whatever whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there be any excellence and if there be anything worthy of praise, let your mind dwell or think on these things. The scripture also says in Proverbs, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So how you're thinking down in your heart, that's how you are. Second Corinthians ten four five and 6 says, 
that we're to take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. And in order for us to do this, take our thoughts captive, we have to deal with whatever has been planted down in our heart. For us to get delivered, we have to deal with what's been planted in our heart. For us to be healed, we have to deal for with what's been planted down in our heart. And you know, I have people that come to me asking for prayer, and I've shared with them that sin is behind sickness, and that there needs to be repentance. And they'll say, well, I've already repented of everything, or I've already forgiven everybody. <clears throat> but there's things that have been happened, there's things that have been planted down in our heart that if you've got sickness in your body, you need to examine what's been planted in your heart. For, for many years, I've been dealing with uh, uh, generational eye problems, and I'm constantly dealing with my own sin, things that God shows me. But the things that my forefathers did that has planted things down in my life that's producing negativity. So when you're when you're seeking for healing, you need to seek you need to seek uh, not only what you've done, but generationally. And the Holy Spirit just loves to tell you what's been down down what's been planted. Just look at the fruit to know what's been planted, and it can be generationally, or it can be things your own personal sin. And so, um, I share with people, you know, that you just need to repent of something. They say, "Well, I don't know what I've repented of everything," and I can say, "Well, you probably have." repented of everything you know about but what's been stored down in the treasure of your heart that you don't yet see you see that's why god tells me to work out my salvation with fear and trembling which means deliverance from the molestation of the enemy we all have areas of our life where we've been molested by the enemy and so we have to go back and go get to the 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 root by tracing the fruit to the root um And so I've been dealing with some some things by just maybe doing word studies, and I encourage you to do word studies. Whatever the body part, if you know the body part, most of the body parts you can find in the Word of God, and at certain diseases you can't, but you can find the symptoms that you can't find the name of what's going on in your life physically. You know, every time you and I have let the sun go down on our anger in our whole life, uh, Ephesians 4 says that when we let the sun go down on our anger, we give a foothold to the enemy. So every time in your lifetime, now you've long forgotten most of this. You can only probably remember the present. But but in your whole life, every time that you've let the sun go down on your anger, you've given a foothold to the devil. Now, do you think that foothold just leaves? No, it doesn't. It stays there. That's why we have to go back and and deal with things that we've done in the past. Every time you've sinned and you've not confessed it or repented of it, you know, but the Bible says if you confess your sin, God is faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. Every time you've sinned and you've let the sun go down on it and you haven't dealt with it, do you think that just disappears? No. And so that's why as we work out our salvation with fear and trembling, the Lord shows us things that we've long forgotten. And as we do that, it's like peeling an onion and healing will eventually come. And so um, when somebody hurts us and we fail to forgive them, uh, we've got till sundown to do it. 
And if we don't forgive them, the next day it's unforgiveness and the next day it's bitterness. So guess what? Bitterness gets planted down in our spiritual garden. And I can tell you that bitterness is at the root of many things. Honestly, I believe that bitterness is behind most sickness. Bitterness is behind arthritis. And there's lots of things like if you have, for example, if you've got pain in your body, the Bible says, so remove vexation from your heart. So that means there's, it says remove, this is Ecclesiastes 11.10. says, so remove vexation from your heart and put pain out of your body. Well, there's been vexation down in your heart due to childhood trauma, things that you grew up, things you've long forgotten. There's been vexation, which means grief, sadness, sorrow. Uh, it means provocation. It means idolatry because in those times of trauma in my life, I didn't turn to God. I let the sun go down on my anger. So if I've got pain now on the surface, then it, that means there's been vexation down in my heart that I maybe don't even see what it is. So that's why we have to seek God for answers. So bitterness has is, is then just been planted down in my heart, and it's manifested in, in my body as sickness or pain. Matthew eighteen twenty one it says, Then Peter came and said to him, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him up to seven times now Peter asked a question and Peter was a believer Jesus said to him I do not say that you have to forgive up to seven times but up to 70 times seven because Peter asked him should I forgive seven times and Jesus said not not up but up to 70 times seven and I believe that remains that means every day every time anybody sins against you for this reason, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to come and settle accounts with his slaves. And when he had begun to settle them, there was brought to him one who owed him 10,000 talents, which was about $10 million. But since he didn't have the means to repay, his Lord commanded him to be sold with he and his wife, along with his wife and children, and that he... Um, until until repayment could be made. The slave, therefore, falling down, prostrated himself before him, saying, Have mercy on me, and I'll repay you everything. And the Lord of that slave felt compassion and released him and forgave him for all that debt. But that slave went out and found a fellow slave who owed him a hundred denarii, which was about $18, and he seized him and began to choke him Say, pay back what you owe. So his fellow slave fell down and began to entreat him, saying, Have patience with me and I'll repay you. He was unwilling, however, but went and threw him into prison until he should pay back all that was owed. So when his fellow slaves saw what he had done, they, they were deeply grieved and came and reported to their Lord all that had happened. Then summoning him, his Lord said to him, You wicked slave, I forgave you that debt because you entreated me. So should you not have also had mercy on your fellow slave, even as I had mercy on you? And his Lord moved with anger. So you see, unforgiveness makes God angry. Moved with anger, handed him over to the torturers until he should repay all that was owed. So the torturers, that word in the Greek means 
demons that inflict pain. It means the pain of disease. It means an inquisitor. An inquisitor is uh, a jailer who stretches someone out on a rack and tortures them till they get what they want. So unforgiveness is one at the root, one of the roots of torment, sickness, a pain, uh, and and it can be something things that you haven't forgiven way back in your childhood, for example, but you've long forgotten. He said, turn him over to the torturers until he should repay all that was owed him. Now Jesus is talking to Peter here, and he says. So my heavenly father shall also do to you, Peter, if each of you, if all of us, does not forgive our brother from the heart. Well, how do you forgive from the heart? The Lord showed me one day what it meant to forgive from the heart. I went to lunch with someone and we got in a disagreement. She said she was sorry and I said I was sorry. And the next day I was still arguing with her in my head. And I said, Lord, she said she's sorry. And I said, I'm sorry. So, Lord, why can't I get over this? And the Lord said, she's just like your mother. And I said, well, Lord, I don't know what to forgive my mother for. And the Lord said, forgive your mother for everything you don't like about her. So I began to forgive my mother for everything that bothered me about this lady. And then it was, she wasn't the issue anymore. So what the Lord showed me, if you can quickly forgive, it's not a hard issue. But but how many of you will say I, the words, which forgiveness is a choice, it's not an emotion. I choose to forgive, and a week later you're still uh, ragging on them in your head, or a month later or two months later you really haven't forgiven them. It's because you're forgiving this person on the surface when it really goes back to your mother-daddy issue. could even be your grandma-grandpa issue or the people that raised you. Um, this sin can be uh, your personal sin or it can be a generational iniquities of the forefathers. For example, cancer coming down the bloodline. Say cancer is in your bloodline. It could be because you had a forefather who didn't forgive somebody, and the sins of the parents pass on to the children to the third and fourth generation. So if, if somebody in the bloodline doesn't take accountability for it, it just it just goes uh, loops another day. Or if there's Freemasonry uh, or occult forefathers, uh, there's all kinds of stuff that comes down upon us. And so... Uh, We have to deal with generational things. And for some people, the thought that sin, there's a connection between sin and sickness, you know, that's hard for people to take because I was listening to, and I hope I get this right, but I was listening to Dr. Dave Jindal, who is, I think, was an orthopedic surgeon, and he's no longer that, but he's kind of a person that teaches on Patriot News. And I think he said he has a whole issue on health. He said that 80% of pharmaceutical medication is taken by Americans in the whole world. So America, uh, this country is drugged up, and every every side effect, I mean, every side effect of every drug becomes another disease. In fact, prescription drugs is the number three and four killers of people in the United States. Illegal drugs is not even, it's maybe down 10 on the list. And so... Um, but it's hard for people to believe that sin could be high sickness because when we get sick here in America, we run and call on the doctor, and less than one-half of 1% of believers really trust God for their healing. And um, I, I just want to explain the validity of this connection between sin 
and sickness. And I want to use just a few scriptures. I mean, I could use many, many more scriptures, but it's I'm using a lot because if I just use one, you may not believe it. But I want to use enough scriptures to get through to you that sin is behind your sickness. In Numbers five, and I'm not going. I don't know the exact reference, but in Numbers five, um, if a if a woman was caught in physical adultery, I mean, if a man thought if a man thought his wife had committed physical adultery, he would call the the priest, and the priest would mix up a water, a dirt from the temple floor and mix it with water and make her drink it. If she was guilty, her stomach would swell and her thigh would waste away. If she was not guilty, she was immune from the curse. And it went on to say that she was that there'd be a, bitter, a curse of bitterness on on the person, and also uh, barrenness. And of course, you know you can be under that curse and have um, many many physical children, but have, be spiritually barren. And then in um, Ezekiel sixteen thirty eight, God's talking about spiritual adultery and when you and i as believers have other gods before the lord jesus christ because when we become christians we enter into a covenant relationship with jesus where we're his possession and he's going to be our bridegroom and so men and women will be the bride of christ and when our heart goes after other lovers we commit spiritual adultery and so it says in ezekiel 16 um um, I'm going to just give you, I'm just going to read a scripture from 38, but I'm going to tell you what it says above that. It says, Oh, harlot, hear the word of the Lord. Uh, you're not like, um, and I'm paraphrasing, you're not like a normal prostitute who gets paid for what she does, but you pay your lovers. In other words, when you have an idol in your life and you make an idol out of a person, you're serving them, you're doing everything, you're jumping their hoops, you're serving them, you're baking them cakes, you're babysitting for them, you're doing this, you're doing that, you're jumping through their hoops. And so we pay our lovers when we have when we have a, an idol of another person. We pay our lovers where a prostitute gets paid for what she does. So he's saying, oh, harlot, hear the word of the Lord. So when you and I have other lovers other than Jesus, we commit spiritual adultery. And then in verse 38, it says, then thus I will judge you women who commit adultery. In other words, like the one in numbers five or shed blood or judge. And I will bring on you the blood of wrath and jealousy. I will also give you into the hands of your lovers and they will tear down your shrines, demolish your high places, <clears throat> strip you of your clothing, take away your jewels, and leave you naked and bare. And of course, you know, in the marriage supper of the Lamb, if we come without a wedding clothes, God says, you know, how'd you get in here? And so, um, so the same curse in Numbers five applies in the curse of physical adultery applies to spiritual adultery in Ezekiel sixteen thirty nine. And I'm just going to read some of these scriptures to you. Well, let me continue reading in Ezekiel. It says in 40, they will incite a crowd against you. So you see rejection. They'll stone you and cut you to pieces with their swords. And then I'm going to stop you from playing the harlot. I'll execute judgments on you in the sight of many women. Then I'm going to stop you from playing the harlot. And so, you know, God uses our discipline. He uses his discipline sometimes to bring us to repentance. 
Deuteronomy 28, verse 15, it says, But it shall come about, if you will not obey the Lord your God, to observe to do all his commandments and his statutes, with which I charge you today, that all these curses will come on you and overtake you. Now, I'm just going to read some of the curses that regard sicknesses. So this is just some of the curses. Verse 21 says, The Lord will make the pestilence cling to you until he has consumed you from the land where you're entering to possess it. You say, well, Christians can't be under a curse. Well, can they get sick? Of course they can. The Lord will smite you with consumption. That's a wasting lung disease. And with fever, can Christians get fever? Absolutely. And with inflammation, with fiery heat, with a sword, with blight, with mildew, and they'll pursue you until they perish. There's candida in there. There's lung problems, inflammation. Verse 27. The Lord will smite you. Notice who's doing this. The Lord will smite you with the boils of Egypt. Can Christians get boils? Absolutely. And with with tumors, can Christians get tumors? And with the scabs and with the itch from which you cannot be healed. So going to the world is not going to heal you. It's just putting a Band-Aid on a spiritual problem. I'm not telling you not to go to the world, but I'm telling you that if you don't deal with the curse, you can go to the world and they can't fix you. They can cut it out, medicate you, which would cause maybe cause other side effects, or they can cut it out, sew it up, whatever, but it's putting a Band-Aid on a spiritual problem. Deuteronomy 28, 28, the Lord will smite you. Now, who's doing this? You know, we blame the devil for so many things, don't we? It says the Lord will smite you. With madness, you see mental illness. With blindness, can I tell you that the eye problem that I've had is a curse? It's certainly not a blessing. Praise God, he's healing me. And with bewilderment of heart, and you shall be driven mad, going crazy by the thought of, by the sight of what you see. The Lord, verse 25, 35, the Lord will will smite you on the knees and legs with sore balls from which you cannot be healed from the sole of your foot to the top of your head and it shall besiege you in all your towns until your high and fortified walls in which you trusted in come down in other words until your idols come down you're going to be under these curses and shall besiege you in all your towns throughout the land where the Lord your God has driven you verse 58 if you are not careful to observe all the words of this law, which are written in this book to fear this honored and awesome name, the Lord your God, then the Lord will bring extraordinary plagues on you and your descendants. So you see how it comes down generationally. The sins of the fathers pass on to the children to the third and fourth generation. <clears throat> Even severe and lasting plagues and miserable and chronic sicknesses. Verse 60. And he will bring back on you all the diseases of Egypt of which you were afraid. You know, there's lots of diseases we're afraid of. And they'll cling to you. Also, every sickness and every plague, excuse me, which is not written in this book of the law, the Lord will bring on you until you're destroyed. And among those nations, you shall find no rest. And there'll be no resting place for the sole of your foot, but the Lord will give you a trembling heart. There you see heart problems, failing of eyes, and despair of soul. So you see eye problems is a curse. And you say, well, you know, uh, I don't believe that Christians can be under the curse. Well, can Christ- if 
you don't want to say that that uh, these people that are lost that are under the curse because we know believers can have all those things. Proverbs 26, 2 says, Like a sparrow in a splitting, like a swallow in its flying, so a curse without a cause cannot lie. So there always has to be a cause. If, you're, if you've got sickness in your body, there always has to, if you've got pain in your body, there always has to be a cause. I have people that call me and tell me that they're being attacked by satanic curses and curses that witches are sending against them and that wherever they go, they're attacked. Well, the reason they're attacked is that there is a cause of the curse. So they have to get that uh, doorway shut to block the curse. It's kind of like a house with all the windows open. You know, the Bible says that you're a house, you're a spiritual house. And so if you've got all the windows open, things fly in. So when something's flying in, you need to find out how you got to do that. Why did it come in? What was the cause of the curse? Then repent, close the window, and that cuts off the curse. Deuteronomy 32, verse 39 says, See now, God says, that I am he, and there, and there is no good besides me. It is I who put to death and I who give life. I have wounded and it's I who healed, and there's no one who can deliver you out of my hand. So whatever you have, you've got to go to the master. You've got to go to God, and he wants to give you the answers. The scripture says in Proverbs 25, it's the glory of God to conceal a matter, but it's the glory of kings to search a matter out. So when you've got things manifesting in your spiritual garden, there's bad plants growing, You've got to seek out the cause. <clears throat> Search it out. Psalm 31.10 says, For my life is spent in sorrow, and my years with sighing. My strength has failed because of my iniquity, and my body has wasted away. You see how sin causes our body to waste away? God wants us to be changing from glory to glory. He wants every day to be a day of deliverance. Give yourself to God and resist the devil, and he flees. I've discovered that when I have a problem, I deal with God. I don't have to, um, most of the time, the minute I repent, that it's boo devil. The devil can only do what God lets him do. Psalm 38 verse 3 says, There's no soundness in my flesh because of thine indignation, God. There is no health in my bones because of my sin. Psalms 109 19 uh, 16 says because he did not remember to show loving kindness but persecuted the afflicted and needy man and the despondent of heart to put him to death he also loved cursing that's to speak negative of people or curse things and it came to him and he did not delight in blessings and it was far from him but he clothed himself with cursing as with a garment and it cursing entered into his body like water and oil into his bones, and that's bitterness. John 15 says, every branch in me that does not produce fruit, God cuts off. God says, I cut it off and it's as a branch, and it bur- it's burned. 1 Corinthians 11 says that when we take the Lord's Supper with sin in our life, some of us are weak and sick, and some have even died. Proverbs thirty, Proverbs 3, 5, and 8 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. 
Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your body and refreshment to your bones. John five fourteen. Afterwards, Jesus found this man that he had just healed in the temple. He got, Jesus had just healed this man and he found him. And he said to this man, and he said to him, Behold, you have b- become well. Do not sin anymore so that nothing will nothing worse may befall you hebrews 12 12 verse 14 says therefore strengthen hands that are weak and knees that are feeble and make straight paths for your feet so that the limb which is lame may not be put out of joint but rather be healed in other words before it gets put out of joint it's just lame now but before it gets put out of joint strengthen hands that are weak and knees that are feeble and make straight paths for your feet Pursue peace with all men and the holiness or sanctification without which no one will see the Lord. Proverbs 19.16 says, um, He who keeps the commandments keeps his soul, but he who is careless of his ways will die. Proverbs 4.23 says, My son, give attention to my word. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your Keep them in the midst of your heart For they are life to those who find them And health to all their whole body Watch over your heart with all diligence For from it flow the springs of life Or the issues of life Proverbs 23, 7 says Whereas a man thinks in his heart So is he So I want to ask you a question So what do you think in your heart? If you always think in your heart negative It's going to be coming out your mouth Proverbs 14:30 says a, a sound which is a tranquil heart is life to the body but passion which means anger rivalry jealousy envy is rottenness to the bones <clears throat> Proverbs 16:24 says pleasant words are a honeycomb sweet to the body and health to the bones Proverbs 17:22 says a merry heart or a joyful heart is a good medicine and a broke, but a broken spirit dries up the bones. So you could say a sad heart will make you sick. If a joyful heart's good medicine, a sad heart will make you sick. So why is your heart sad? What's been planted down in your heart that, that it's manifesting sadness in your life? James 5.14 says, If any one of, of you is sick, let him call for the elders of the church and let him anoint him with all of the prayer of faith in the name of Jesus will raise up and heal the sick. And if he's committed any sins, they will be forgiven him. Confess your faults to one another and pray for one another that you might be healed. So I believe in asking the uh, the, uh, the elders to anoint you with oil, there needs to be confession of sin. I remember going to the elders in our church when I first developed an eye problem, and I said, what God had showed me, I, I asked them to anoint me with oil, and I confessed being haughty. Because I think haughtiness, praise God, I don't think I'm haughty now, but that was a big thing in my, in my whole life. I didn't even see it as a sin. I mean, I didn't even see it. Revelation 22, verse 8, 19 and 19 says, I testify to everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book. If anyone adds to them, God will add to him all the plagues which are written in this book. And if anyone takes away from the words of God of this prophecy, God will take away his name from the book of life and the holy city, which were 
which are written in this book. So if we add to or taken away from the word of God, that doesn't sound like a blessing, does it? It's a curse. Revelation 16, 9 says, And men were scorched with great heat and blasphemed the name of God, which has power over these plagues. And they repented not to give him glory. You know, all through Revelation, it talks about all the plagues and everything that comes upon people. No wind, the trees don't blow, there's no wind on the sea or the ocean. Can you imagine a world with no wind? It says, yet men didn't repent of their, de- their deeds. They just kept blaspheming God. Revelation 16.10 says, And the fifth angel poured out his vial upon the seat of the beast and his kingdom. And his kingdom were full of, was full of darkness. And they gnawed their tongues from pain and blasphemed the God of heaven because of their pains and their sores and repented not of their deeds. You know, when I, uh, one thing, if you've got pain that I would do if I were you, you may not have worshipped the beast, but your forefathers could have. Your pain could be coming down generationally just because of worshiping the beast. Revelation 18.4, and that's not the only reason for pain. Vexation is the reason for pain. Speaking of the harlot church, in Revelation 18, it's, it's talking about the harlot church, and it says it's, uh, that it's a prison of every un, unclean and hateful bird, And I heard another voice from heaven saying, come up out of her, my people. In other words, get out of the church that's not teaching repentance, that's not teaching the truth. It says, come out of her, my people, that you may not be partakers of their sins, that you may not receive of her plagues. And so God's going to pour plagues out upon the harlot church system. And that's the church system that doesn't teach uh, against sin, doesn't teach the word of God. In fact, What is so sad is the churches in America are so sick. Um, Most of them don't even teach the word of God. Most of them are controlled by a bunch of uh, masons uh, that are deacons or the big tithers. And so pastors in in many places are, are totally controlled by the wrong thing. And they won't speak out because they don't want the big tithers to leave. And what is so sad is there are very few churches here in America that's teaching the truth. Revelation 9, verse 20 through 21 says, And the rest of mankind who were not killed by these plagues did not repeat of the work, repent of the works of their hands so as not to worship demons and the idols of gold and silver and of brass and of stone and of wood, which can neither see nor hear nor walk, And they did not repent of their murders, of their sorceries, or of their sexual immorality, or of their thefts. And then God tells us that if we keep covenant with him, Deuteronomy 7, verse 18. And, of course, the Old Testament was that they they had to keep the letter of the law. The new covenant is kept through loving the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, and all your body, and your neighbor as yourself. So love fulfills the covenant in the New Testament. It says, uh, 
and the Lord will remove from you all sickness, and he will not put any put on you any of the harmful diseases of Egypt, which you have been known, and he will lay them on all who hate you. Exodus 15, uh, they had just come out across the Red Sea, and they went to Marah, and the water was bitter, and they began to gripe and complain. And God said to them, and he said, if you will give earnest heed to the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight and give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes, I'll put none of the diseases on you which I have put on the Egyptians, for I, the Lord, am your healer. That's how sin can cause sickness in your body is because of sin. And there's so many other scriptures. I mean, I could probably teach three days just showing you scriptures where how sin is related to sickness. And another major cause of demonization, even in believers who who uh, may be trying to live a moral life, is television and Internet. People are demonized through what they watch on television. I see parents letting their children become demonized by the toys and by the things that they let them walk and watch. And, you know, we're finding out now that much of Hollywood, the producers, the actors, the directors, the writers, are Satanists, are pedophiles, are homosexuals, are perverts. Uh, and believe me, they have an agenda. And the agenda is not a good agenda. The agenda is evil to draw your heart away from God. You know, you may be a person who's never used profanity, never uh, spoke a cuss word, never had really a cuss word thought. You start watching those movies and you'll be thinking, you'll be hearing profanity, taking God's name in vain. You'll be hearing words that you never heard before because you've planted those things down in your spiritual garden. Much of what people need to get delivered from today comes in through movies, books, pornography. And it's been established that the word of God is seed and words are seed. So the question is, what have you planted down in your spiritual garden? Is there perversion? What's growing? What is your treasure? Is there perversion? Is there lust? Is, Is there sorcery? Is there depression? Is there fear? You know, one day I had, and this has happened so many times, people tell me they're afraid to go to home at night, they're afraid to go to sleep, and I'd say, did you ever watch scary movies? Yeah, all the time when I was a kid. You see, that was fear that was planted down in their hearts. Matthew 12 says that out of our treasure, good things and bad things come out of our treasure, the treasure of our hearts. And just about every movie after 1960s has been full full of sorcery and witchcraft and lust and perversion and pornography and fornication and adultery and blasphemous words and goodness. All of this stuff has been planted in people's hearts. And, you know, if if a, a writer, a director, a producer, an actor is a Satanist, you can believe that part of that agenda is to speak curses on the people that watch the movies. And I believe that you can be a person that's trying to live a good, clean life and be contaminating yourself with movies that are full of all kinds of 
witchcraft and all kinds of perversion. So you can imagine what's coming on you if these people are into all of this stuff. The scripture says after a man is fully trained, he becomes like his teacher. So what are you training yourself with? What are you sitting under? What are you listening to? Are you watching over your heart? I know this is a um, a big idol in people's lives. And basically, it's worshiping the beast. And I just read scriptures that tell you when you worship the beast, what happens. So how can we as believers uh, have a clear conscience uh, and listen to uh blasphemous words or listen to people take God's name in vain to talk about our creator God with such disrespect and disregard and this is an abomination to God and he's not pleased believe me the other day I had a lady call me for deliverance for her daughter and I said it well what has she been into oh she's been into nothing well what does she have in her room oh she doesn't have anything in her room well, tell me what she's, uh, you know, in other words, the, the mother said, the daughter's not done any of those things. So I said, let me talk to your daughter. So I asked her, "Do you have you been into this, that? Yeah. Been into Harry Potter? Yeah. In fact, her teacher required that the classroom read Harry Potter book, which is pure witchcraft. And as a parent, if you're letting your child be subjected to a teacher like that, you need to go and cause them some problems. You need to put a stop to that. So what's been manifesting in your heart? You know, I had another girl just, I think, a couple of days ago um, call me that she felt she'd committed the impardonable sin, and I began to question her, um, have you... um, have you been into sexual sin? No. Have you done this? No. Have you done that? No. Everything. She said she just had such blasphemous thoughts that she thought that she was had lost her salvation or was losing her salvation. And I just uh, finally, I said, how about movies? Have you seen movies? She said, yes, she had. So all of this, these blasphemous thoughts that she was having came in through the movies she'd been watching. God tells us to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. And we do this by examining the fruit in our life. And, of course, we want to keep the good fruit. But the bad fruit, we need to to trace the fruit to the root and find out how it got there and what you lust after. How did that lust get there? And, you know, um, I can tell you I've never lusted after sexual things but i've lusted at after strawberry shortcake <laughs> i lusted after desserts or sugar i was a sugar holic and so we can lust at a lust after lots of things lust after food and god what god wants us to have a clean thought life he wants us to have a pure heart He doesn't want our hearts to be corrupted with evil thoughts. In fact, we're to take our thoughts captive, and you can't take your thoughts captive until you deal with how the thought got there, the seed that was planted. Galatians 6, 8 says, For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption, and the one who sows to the Spirit 
will from the Spirit reap eternal life. Proverbs eleven eighteen says, He who sows righteousness gets a true reward. Galatians 3.10, you know, people say, well, you know, Christians can't be under a curse because the Bible says that Christ delivered us from the curse of the law. And, of course, he did, praise God. But before it says that, it says in Galatians 3.10, before it says that Christ became a curse for us, it says, Cursed is everyone who does not abide by all things written in this book of the law to obey them. James 1.8 says that lust comes from the heart. So seeds of lust, perversion has been planted through the things that we've watched, through the things we've read, even books, watching pornography. Jeremiah 1 says we're to pull down, uproot, and pluck out, and then we're to plant and rebuild. And the way we plant and rebuild is through meditating on God's word. Joshua 1.8 says this book of the law will not depart from your mouth, but day and night you will meditate on it and be careful to do according to all that's written in it then he will make your way prosperous and everything you do will be a success third john says beloved i want above all that you prosper and be in good health even as your soul prospers and so if we want a prospering soul we have to meditate on the word of god and that means to chew on the word of god like a cow chews on its cud is to listen to the word mull the word over in your mind think about the word of god meditate on the word of god so that's a tremendous promise and then through practicing the word of god because the word is seed we want to plant that in our life one thing i do is i listen to bible tapes and i have since 1990 i play the word of god over when i sleep and i play it loud enough that it's not the it's not muffled or mumbled i can clearly hear every word of scripture that's being read. And so as I sleep, the word of God is playing over my, my body. And the Bible says in Song of Solomon that your body sleeps, but your spirit stays awake. It says that in the Song of Solomon. So you can plant the word of God in your heart by listening to the word of God. Through practicing the word of God, and the way we practice the word of God is, for example, where it says, uh, be anxious for, for nothing, but by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, make your request be known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all knowledge, will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. So the way you practice that is that you be anxious for nothing. You don't let things bother you. You have to give up those things. And recently I taught a teaching on how to live a stress-free life, and I encourage you to listen to that because it will help you let go of the things that are stressing you out. And then letting the word of God be first place in your life. Did you know Jesus is the word of God? The scripture says in John 1, 1, in the beginning was the word, and the word was made manifest. And I see, it says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was made manifest and walked among us or something like that. But anyway, we know that Jesus is the word. And letting the word of God be first place, like the plumb line, we have to line up with the word of God. And then through obedience to the word of God, obeying the voice of the Lord. And the way you get free, number one, is make sure you're born again. Ninety percent of church members are not even saved. They just have a religious spirit. 
deal with the outward. A person that truly is born again, he's going to be dealing with heart issues. Make sure you're born again. And it says in um, in John twelve twenty four, unless a grain of wheat that falls to the ground and dies, it abides alone. But if it dies, it produces much fruit. So we have to be willing to give up our life that we might find it. Jesus said, if you're going to come after me, you have to deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. And then trace the fruit to the root. In other words, if there's perversion manifesting, you need to go back and ask God to show you all the perverted things you've done and then pull down up root and pluck those things out through repentance. And then forgive everyone that's wounded you or hurt you. Repent over what you've uh, been putting or planting in your life or what uh, others have planted in your life. Forgive those that have planted things in your life. Repent of letting the sun go down on your anger. Lay down your idols. Repent of worshiping the beast or whatever is your thing, which is the beast. It's idolatry. Repent of secret sins. Ask God to cleanse you by the blood of Jesus, according to Hebrews chapter 10. From all the defilement, practice Jeremiah 1 by pulling down, uprooting, and plucking out every uh, thing that displeases God through repentance, and then plant and rebuild. And I, and I just shared how to do that. So if you can uh, agree with this message and you want to pray with me, if God's shown you anything, you repent. We're going to have to love Jesus more than we love the television set, more than we love unforgiveness, more than we love anything. God's got to be first place in our life. So every secret sin needs to be dealt with. So I'm going to just lead everybody in repentance, but repent of whatever the Lord shows you. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I just, and if you'll pray with me, Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask you to forgive me for not watching over my heart. Forgive me for all the times in my life I've let the sun go down on my anger. And I ask you to show me, Lord, um, the, the seeds that have been planted in my life that's producing bad fruit. Show me the seeds that have been planted of unforgiveness and bitterness that's caused um, me to have sickness in my body. Lord, I just take accountability for whatever happened to me generationally, the things that were planted generationally. Lord, I ask you to pull them down, uproot them, and pluck them out. I forgive every person that sinned against me, Lord, in the present. And, Lord, there's others that have sinned against me in the past, and I've held unforgiveness. And, um, Lord, I ask you, I trust that you're going to show me. God, forgive me for not diligently watching over my heart. Forgive me for not sowing with a view to righteousness. Forgive me for planting two kinds of seed in my spiritual garden, good seed and bad seed. Forgive me for not taking care of how I listen. You said even what I think I have, you'll take away. Lord, forgive me for the antichrist spirit that came on me through movies, through television, through books, through my forefathers. 
through occult, occult practices of my forefathers through Freemasonry. Forgive me for speaking evil. Forgive me for negativity. Forgive me for perversion. Forgive me for holding unforgiveness. Forgive me for not taking my thoughts captive. Forgive me, Lord, for um, not listening to what comes out my mouth and not paying attention to what comes into my thought life. Forgive me for not sowing the word of God, Lord, because you said your word will not return void without accomplishing the matter for which you send it. God, forgive me that whatever things were true, whatever things are honorable, whatever things are right, whatever things are pure, whatever thing is lovely, whatever thing is good report, Lord, uh, forgive me for not thinking on these things, things that are worthy of praise. Forgive me for not letting my mind dwell on these things. Forgive me for not taking my thoughts captive. Forgive me for allowing evil thoughts in my mind. Forgive me for allowing evil words to come out my mouth. Lord, you said that it's the glory of God to conceal a matter, but the glory of kings to search a matter out. Help me search out the matter, Lord. Help me to see where the bitterness came from, where the depression came from, where the perversion, the fornication, the molestation, the pornography, the adultery, the bestiality came from. Show me where the contention, strife uh, came in, Lord. Forgive me for... Um, holding unforgiveness. Lord, you said, if I don't forgive, you won't forgive me. Forgive me for idolatry. Forgive me for breaking your covenant. Forgive me for not loving you with my whole heart, mind, soul, body, and my neighbor as myself. Forgive me for breaking covenant with you. Forgive me for letting the TV teach me things that that, uh, you don't want me to see or learn. Forgive me for rejecting truth. Father, forgive me for committing physical adultery and spiritual adultery. Forgive me for committing adultery against you, Jesus, my bridegroom. Forgive me for not obeying you, Lord, and observing to do your commandments, which would bring all these curses on me. I ask you to break the curse of pestilence, um, the curses of consumption, break the curse of fever, inflammation, fiery heat, blood, mildew. Father, I ask you to break the curse of boils, curses of tumors, scab, itch. Forgive me for um, not being obedient to your word. I ask you to break the curse of blindness and bewilderment of heart, failing eyes, mental illness, insanity. I ask you, Lord, to break the curse of consumption, 
ask you to break the curse of pain. Lord, forgive me for worshiping the beast. I forgive my forefathers for worshiping the beast. Lord, I ask you to show me all the vexation in my heart so that I can put pain out of my body. Forgive me for not being careful to observe the words of your law written in this book to perform them. I ask you to break the curse of our extraordinary plagues on me and my descendants, even severe and lasting plagues and miserable and chronic sicknesses. Forgive me for not looking for the cause of a curse. Forgive me for not even believing that I could be under a curse. Lord, forgive me for um, iniquity that's caused my body to waste away. Forgive me for indignation, Lord, which would which has caused my bones to be sick and not healthy. Forgive me for not showing loving kindness, but persecuting the the afflicted and needy man and despondent of art to put him to death. Forgive me for not forgive me for loving cursing and not delighting in blessing, which has caused me to be clothed with cursing as a garment, and it, bitterness, entered down into my body like water and oil in my bones. Forgive me for not producing fruit, Lord, which would cause me to be cut off. Forgive me for taking the Lord's Supper with sin in my life. I ask you to remove the weakness, the sickness, the tiredness. God, forgive me for not trusting you with all my heart. Forgive me for leaning to my own understanding. Forgive me that in all my ways I haven't acknowledged you. Forgive me for not making my path straight. I do that now, Lord. Forgive me for being wise in my own eyes. Forgive me for not fearing you and turning away from evil so it could be healing my body. Lord, I strengthen hands that are weak and knees that are feeble. And, Lord, I choose to make straight paths for my feet so that the limb which is lame will not be put out of joint but rather be healed. Forgive me for not keeping your commandments. Forgive me for uh, being careless of my ways, which would open me up to death. Forgive me for not giving attention to your word and my ear to your sayings. Forgive me for not keeping your word in the midst of my heart. Forgive me for not having a tranquil heart. Forgive me for passion, anger, rivalry, jealousy that has rotten my bones. Forgive me for not speaking pleasant words that are sweet to the body and helpful to the soul and body. Forgive me for not having a joyful heart. Lord, show me why there's sadness down in my heart. Forgive me for not going to the elders of the church and getting them to anoint with oil and confessing my sin. Forgive me for adding to and taking away from the word of God, which would cause you to take away my part from the tree of life and the holy city. 
Forgive me for blaspheming you, which would cause me to be scorched with great heat. Forgive me for blaspheming your name. Forgive me for listening to movies that that uh, blaspheme you and curse you, Lord. Forgive me for listening to profanity and gutter uh, talk. Forgive me for listening to all the the words that are evil. Forgive me for contention and strife. Forgive me for idolizing the works of my hands and making idols out of people. I want to repent of the works of my hands. Forgive me for worshiping demons and worshiping idols. Forgive me for breaking covenant, Lord. Forgive me for not giving earnest heed to your voice and your commandments and doing what's right in your sight and keeping all your statutes so that I could walk in divine health. God, forgive me for perverting my mind by setting my affections on things of this earth instead of things of ver- uh, things above. Forgive me for the books I've read, for pornography, for setting my eyes on ego- evil. Lord, if I'm not born again, I want to be born again. Forgive me for not being willing to deny myself and take up my cross and follow you. Lord, I choose to give up my life in Jesus' name. I ask you to break any curses that have come on me through the movies I've watched, the the books I've read. Forgive me for the idolatry of TV, the idolatry of people. Lord, I ask you to purify my heart. Give me a clean heart, O God, and renew in me a right spirit. Forgive me for not sowing with a view to righteousness. Forgive me for sowing to my flesh, which is causing me to reap corruption. Forgive me for not sowing to the spirit. Forgive me for not sowing righteousness so that I can get a true reward. Forgive me for not meditating on your word. Forgive me if they're not for not practicing your word. Forgive me that your word has not been first place in my life because Jesus, you haven't been first place. Forgive me for not obeying your voice, oh God. I ask you to help me as I've examined the fruit in my life to tell me what happened to me and what was planted back there in the generations or through the things I've done or things that have been done to me. 
or through unforgiveness. I choose to forgive every person who's wounded me and hurt me. I forgive all the people my forefathers wouldn't forgive. Lord, I repent over what's been planted in my life and what others have planted. I choose to lay down every idol, everything, every secret sin. Forgive me for worshiping the beast through TV, movies, or whatever else has been my idol. I want to lay down every secret sin because, Lord, it's not a secret to you. I ask you to cleanse me, Lord, by the blood of Jesus from all defilement. I ask you to pull down a fruit and pluck out every evil seed that has been planted in my life. And, Lord, I choose to plant and rebuild, and I ask you to show me how to do that by your grace. I pray for the gift of repentance in the name of Jesus. Amen. In Jesus' name, I just come against every evil seed. Lord, I pull down, uproot, and pluck out everything that you've shown them that needs to go. Everything they've truly repented of, I pull it down, tear it down. I cast down every imagination, every high and lofty thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, and I take captive in Jesus' name every thought to the obedience of Christ. I punish every disobedience in Jesus' name because our obedience is complete in Jesus' name. Lord, I ask you to cleanse them by the blood of Jesus from all defilement. I take accountability for whatever happened to me, pray with me, in the loins of my forefathers all the way back to Adam and Eve. Lord, I ask you to let start with Adam and Eve and let your cleansing blood flow down through the bloodline, washing away any ground Satan's had in my life through the things I've confessed. I break generational curses, soul tie curses, cultural curses in the name of Jesus. Praise you, mighty God. Take a deep breath and blow out the word spirit means breath in Jesus' name. Praise you, Lord. Bless you, Lord. Give Jesus a praise. Start praising him. He inhabits your praises. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Lord, for deliverance. Praise you, Lord, for the truth that sets me free. Praise the Lord. I pray, Lord, for for the gift of repentance to do the things that please you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. Well, if anyone needs prayer, you can call uh, 646-595-4784. And don't forget to press 1. That's uh, 646. I'm sorry, 646-595-4784, and don't forget to press 1. Anyway, you can write to us at Post Office Box 1141, Lindale, Texas, and um, listen the third, the first and the third Tuesdays of each month from 6 to 8. I hope you'll invite people to listen. If you'd like to be on my mailing list, my email list, you can email me at jerrymcgee at sbcglobal.net. That's G-E-R-I-M-C-G-H-E-E at sbcglobal.net. And I love to hear what God's done in your life. So I, I always answer my emails. Right now I don't have so many that I can't personally answer them. But I love to hear what God's done in your life. And um, if I can help you, you can email me, and I'll answer your emails. I delete about 100 emails from just junk mail, but I always try to answer the emails from, that are personal. 
Anyway, you can go to our website, jerrymcgee.com. That's G-E-R-I-M-C-G-H-E-E.com. And there's all kinds of uh, uh, materials you can print out. There's books you can order. I recommend Clearing the Land, which is a repentance book that um, you can actually get deliverance just going through the book. It lists all the Bible curses to break and gives you prayers to pray. And uh, I have a meeting in Duncanville uh, June 1st, 2019, it's at the Hilton Garden Inns in Duncanville, and that's at exit 462 and Interstate 20 in Duncanville. starts at 10 o'clock, and it's over about 1 if you need personal prayer and you're in this area. I'd love to have you come. If you'd like a, um, a meeting scheduled in your area, you can also email me at that number, I mean at that email address. There's a book you can order on, online called Resetting Life's Negative Reaping Patterns. And basically, the book shows you how to change the negative reaping to the positive. You can order that online. There's lots of free CDs and uh, audios you can buy or you can listen to for free. And uh, <clears throat> I'll be in Washington State. And this there, this meeting is just being put together. I don't know any details except that it's June 12th through the 15th, I'm sorry, September the 12th through the 15th, 2019. I'll be in Mechanicsburg, Pennsylvania, September 27th through 29th. I'll be at Lake Hamilton Bible Camp uh, this next weekend, which is May 23rd through 26th, 2019. I really encourage you to go to Lake Hamilton. We have prayer teams that pray for people every, um, every morning. And you can get tremendous deliverance. I tell people that if you come to all the camps that you won't even know yourself next year. We watch people change from glory to glory to glory. Well, I appreciate you listening in. Hope you'll listen again. Appreciate those of you who give to the ministry. We can use your help. And um, you can send a gift on our website, um, com through PayPal. And the lady that sponsors this program, you can send her a gift if you choose to do that. It's D for Dorothy, Churchy with a Y, number one at hotmail.com. Well, thank you so much for listening. If no one's called in, well, we'll just, um, we'll close. And I just will say, may the Lord bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you.
With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.